Hey everyone, this is Wilmgar and I'm here with Miniado. Good morning. And this is the FFBE Podcast. So a lot of new updates have come out today. We have both the 7-star release as well as the Final Fantasy VIII banner with the new King Mog event. Yeah, it's I think we're exciting. just gonna. I think everyone's been looking forward to this banner because it's introducing seven stars. Yeah, exactly. Very, very exciting stuff, especially with uh, the Final Fantasy VIII units. The top tier ones will be seven star enabled, which is amazing. Gives you a great reason to pull for them. But let's dive right into it and talk about the lowest end of the banner. So we're going to talk about the banner units. And we're going to start with Ramira. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Ramira? So Ramira is going to be the three-star base on the banner. She's not a Final Fantasy VIII unit. She is an FFBE unit. So she's going to come with a TMR called Bling Necklace. It gives you 15 defense, 15 spirit, 20% HP, and a passive effect called Passionate, which increases your LB gauge fill rate by 20%. So overall, it's a pretty decent Trustmaster, especially for tanks that like to use their LB. Um, Bosch, probably not so much. His is trash, but somebody like Wilhelm, it's an AoE damage mitigation, which is super nice. And things like that, I think, are going to really like this TMR. Yeah, I really like that it gives you that LB gauge fill rate, and it's not uh an effect in battle is just a passive increase LB gauge fill rate similar to something like high tide yeah it's a bit weaker than high tide but it's it's a free passive on an accessory slot so it's you know i i think overall it's a very very decent Trustmaster. yeah you don't get too many accessories that give you an okay amount of defense and spirit on top of a 20 percent hp buff so yeah, overall really it gives you hp buff honestly like really good yeah it gives you overall a pretty good uh, base for a tank as an accessory yeah i mean as far as her overall stats go she's gonna be an attacker for the most part a physical attacker but being a three-star base she never gets too outstanding i think my favorite thing about her is her job is smasher so it's like you know you play smasher pass with her you know what you're getting she's smashing everybody <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we'll, we'll quickly <laughs> cover some of her abilities She's going to have just downswing, phys, just weak physical damage attack 1.2 times, skull crusher. It, it's a weak attack, but it, uh, not weak, I mean, it's better than her normal attack, but it's only 1.4 times modifier, but it does break defense by 40. And she has clean hit, which is a 3x physical ability, and then conductance. But I think, I think for the most part, what you're going to use her for if you don't have any other people that can do this is lightning in peril, because conductance will decrease an enemy's <clears throat> lightning resistance by 50%. And then you also at five star have full conductance, which is an AOE 30% decrease. It's not amazing, but I mean, she is a five star base unit. And then her, her final ability at five star is called rush assault, which is a 2.25 times physical damage to one enemy. So it's really, really lackluster, but she's not the star of the banner. Just a three star unit. Yeah, she's a three-star base. Mostly, you're, if you get her, you're keeping her around for that TMR. You're not really... If you have anything better, if you're not brand new to the game, yeah, 
if you have literally anything else to do your DPS, you're going to be using that over this girl. Yeah, I think she's going to play more of a a physical attacker and breaker role and maybe a lightning team if you have a team that really heavily favors thunder element type attacks or abilities. And you really don't have any imperils that are better than 50%, then she, she could be a decent thing for that team. Um, she has some... Her abilities are actually pretty simple. H, or her passives, I should say. Sorry, HP plus 10%. She has high tide. Well, it's called pure heart for her, but it's high tide. It's increased LB gauge by 50% or fill rate. 10% MP, and then she gets pretty slugger, which when she's equipped with a maze, she gets 40% extra attack. So pure heart and pretty slugger are decent passives. She has really weak base stats, so she's not going to feel it much. But having a faster LB fill rate is always really nice. So her limit burst maxed out at 5 star is going to do 8.4 times damage to one enemy and decrease their defense and spirit by 59% for 3 turns. So it looks like with her you're pretty much going to want to imperil the enemy or debuff them, try to build her LB and then use that to further break their defense and spirit and just her best attack is her LB. Yeah, it really looks like it's LB centric, but at the same time, it's really tough to, I mean, she does have a role if you're, like I said, new and you don't have too many units uh, in your pool, but it's so tough because she's a three star base and only goes up to five star maximum. Yeah. Her, in, her in base stats, yeah. her base stats just don't match up in, in with any of the other meta units, even six star. I know we just got seven star, but even the six star units are going to easily outclass her if you have a DPS that goes up to six star. Yeah, she's definitely a unit you're going to use if you need a specific thing and you literally have nothing else that can do the job. Exactly. So enough about Ramira. She's the three-star base. We covered her pretty, uh, I think, pretty well. There's not too much to say about her, but let's move on. We, we to definitely the... did better than last week where we just called it a TMR container or left it at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much the truth. We, we actually but... gave her some respect, <laughs> unlike Roddick. I feel bad about, but there's no going back in time. You can't change it now. You just yeah. got to accept it. Uh, let's talk about the FF8 units. We'll start from the bottom and work our way up. We are looking at Zell first, the rowdy ruffian from Balam Garden. Yeah, I love it. I love his sprite. It's really cute. His animation is similar to the animation from Final Fantasy VIII. It's just super nice. He's obviously going to be a physical attacker. And... He his Trustmaster is gonna be his gloves. If you played FFB, these are Zell's gloves that he can equip. It's a fist that gives 128 attack, which is really really nice. And then the I don't like his auto bravery. I don't know how it's gonna work in the game. Usually bravery just gives you a buff, a permanent like attack up buff. But usually these kinds of buffs get replaced, right? So it's gonna get replaced by like it's because it's only 20%. It's super weak. It'll get replaced by anything better if you have any type of support unit that can cast like even cheer it'll overwrite this buff so the, the yeah actual, it will the passive on it is really meh but it has solid attack so based on that alone you know pretty decent trust master i think that auto bravery kind of does have its place it's nice to have on there um for events similar to the raid event sometimes you don't want to bring a full buffer you just debuff and attack so having that auto bravery on your DPS 
can be a good thing. So you don't have to bring a buffer. You do get a 20% buff. Kind of helps you do a little bit more damage, get a little bit further in raids or other types of events like that. Or, for example, for uh, units that... Or enemies that dispel a lot whenever you buff, having this constantly be applied is not a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's not a negative. It's just a little bit lackluster as a passive. Yeah, for sure. It's like, kind of it like its they, place. It, it definitely can be helpful. They threw it on there, and it's pretty much like a fake diamond. It can look nice, but it doesn't really do as much as the real thing, right? Not that a real um, diamond would, would do anything either. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. It, it's, it's similar, it's but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's about the principle. Um, tell, me about, tell me about his stats, because it's always interesting to look at Fist user stats, like Pugilus stats. So tell me a little bit about them, and we can talk about that. Okay, so he's, he's a four-star that goes to six-star. At six-star, he's going to have... His best attack is going to... His best, his best stat is going to be attack... <laughs> At 145, his defense will be 130, and his spirit will be 132. And you can get that up further by pots, but it's not amazing. It's your classic six-star limit, so 34, 26, 26, 26. Mm -hmm. And so his his base stats overall, it's decent for an attacker, but nothing major. It's kind of cool that he is kind of split between attack and spirit, which is something we're seeing with sort of the fist user, striker, monk kind of characters. Mm -hmm. but we can dive into his skills and see if you can make any use of the higher spirit or if it's just kind of there so it might just be kind of there but one thing i wanted to mention here so we're saying his base attack is 145 at max yep plus whatever the 34 you can increase with pots yeah so you're gonna get 179 180 let's say but in his graphic it shows a stat of 478 so why don't you explain that for us why why is it the ffbe uh the content creators have put in 478 attack here instead of the 145 the weird quoting it's because in the graphic you they apply so they take the units mat stats at max level which they also incorporate the passive buffs you have on that unit so anything like unmitigated attack or unmitigated <laughs> we're, we're definitely editing unconditional over that <laughs> so unconditional attack or if, if we i guess we'll i'll scroll through it he he gets bare knuckle extreme like a few other monks we've seen in the past so if he's unarmed he gets 200 percent bonus attack so that's why you're going to see that high number on the on the page on whatever it's called on the uh, news page. Graphic. Yeah, I just I just really wanted to kind of explain that because I'm sure there are going to be people who see the graphic and think, holy, 478 base attack, that's crazy. He's a monster, <laughs> yeah. That's not base, yeah. That's definitely not base attack. That's max level attack, unequipped. Exactly. As soon as you equip something, he's losing that 200% buff. Yeah. But... It, you can get his attack way higher than that using equipment. So we'll talk about that, yeah. though, through his he, abilities he and stuff. So passives in there. So his abilities, he's going to have kick, which is it's 1.1 times damage to all enemies. So it's like an A. It's like his blitz or blade blitz, whatever it's called. Yeah. Nice cheap ability for some AoE. He gets booyah, which is physical damage three times to one enemy and enables access to heal drop. And 
so this is kind of Zell is going to be another one of those monks or pugilists that uses the combo mechanics, sort of like Preach and I think Ida before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he, you know, his Buya is going to unlock heal drop. He uses heal drop, right? And mm -hmm. then enables access to, uh, I think what is what's it called? Oh, sorry. <clears throat> Here's how it's going to work. He has two abilities that he's doing. He can either use Punch Rush or Booyah. And then if he uses Punch Rush, it enables... How does this work? Hang on. It's very confusing. So yeah. you have to use Punch Rush um, or Booyah first. And then if you use uh, Heal... Or sorry... Yeah, see? See? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, this so is basically, so yeah. <laughs> who, who wrote this character? Oh As, my essentially, goodness. he's going to be a combo guy. His, he's going to have like the iconic, you know, from his uh, limit break in Final Fantasy VIII, he's going to have all of those abilities built in. <clears throat> I think so, I understand how it works. Yeah, but he's, he's got some nice, uh, nice, I don't know what to call it, just nice abilities in there. Like, I can't really understand how it works. From the so description, but I'm going to have to, I think, just use him for a bit and figure it out. I think I'm getting it. So you use Booyah, which unlocks Heal Drop 1. Heal Drop 1 activates Burning Rave, yep. which does fire physical damage. And then uh, Burning Heal Drop 2 is then activated by Booyah. So if you've used Booyah, uh, Heal Drop 1, then Booyah, then Heal Drop 2. Yep. And then you'll get Meteor Strike after using Heal Drop Level 2. And then you're using Mock Kick or Dolphin Blow. So it works very similar to his character in the game. The reason it looks so confusing is because different abilities will unlock different other abilities. Yeah. In the game, when you use his Limit Burst, you basically combo with him. And if you use a certain set of comboed abilities, he will eventually unlock um, what I think is one of his strongest abilities. And that would be Meteor Beret or Barret. Um, so tell me what Meteor Barret does, if you'd like. I mean, it's it's cool. It's an eight times physical damage attack to one enemy that debuffs all parameters by sixty percent. So, like, if if this ability was available on its own, it'd be amazing. But the fact that it's locked behind multiple other combo abilities, so you're gonna have to use multiple turns to even get to it. And often these combo abilities are not too amazing on their own. It, it really, really hurts, I think, Meteor Beret as an ability because you can't really look at it as, oh, it's eight times on one attack. No, it's really eight times, but it's spread over two or three turns, however long it <clears throat> takes you to get there. So it, I guarantee you, if, if you do the math, it'll probably be a little bit weaker than eight times damage. But I mean, that's, that's sort of been the standard weakness to these combo type pugilists. Yeah, they're, for they're sure. Their starting and opening abilities are just far too weak, and... Their end abilities, you don't get to use them often enough to make to offset the weakness and, and having to to use those first few turns to build up to them. Yeah, so really he has two main uh high damage abilities. One of them is called Different Beat, and the other one's Meteor Beret, which we just talked about. Yeah. So his abilities have two paths. So you start with two base abilities, Booyah or Punch Rush, and depending on which way you go. The main thing you're looking at here is either you're choosing a 60% debuff in the end or 14 times physical damage. Yep. 
basically you go down two different paths of combo abilities and that's what it works out to. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. I don't think it's going to be it's going to be really hard to use him as a main DPS just because it's going to take him like four or five turns to get to his high damage abilities. Yeah, which oftentimes can be really annoying, especially for if you're doing like legend on during the event and you want to just blast that last boss just kill it before it can kill you if mm-hmm. you're running like zell as your primary dps it takes him a while to build up so you're gonna definitely need to bring support units with you you can't just stack damage because you're, you're gonna yeah, need exactly. your team to survive for those two or three turns until he can get his big abilities off i yeah i totally agree the downside to tell me about his limit burst and we'll talk a little bit about that my final heaven is his limit burst. It's also the strongest attack you could get in Final Fantasy VIII when you did his limit break. If you comboed correctly, eventually you'd get to this. And so at 6-star max level, my final heaven is uh, 12.6 times damage to all enemies' single-hit abilities. So you can use it to cap chains, which is really nice. And it's got a, it's got a decent modifier, 12.6 times, for something that's an AoE attack. Yeah, it, it's it is nice that it is an AOE with a really good damage modifier. Um, one thing that's tough about my final heaven for me is that at maximum rank, it does twelve point six times damage to all enemies, which is like you said, really really good. Um, I guess it just slots it into a different use. You can still use it. It's easier to get than his dolphin blow consistently which does 14 times damage to one enemy so they're kind of different abilities there um if you're using aoe it's way better to use his limit burst and it's not hidden behind something else the downside though is that it costs 33 burst stones it's really really it's pretty expensive yeah you can get that up using his regular abilities for example every time you use meteor strike it increases lb gauge 33 to caster It'll so that means you yeah, you max it out limit burst yeah which is kind of sort of another throwback to the actual game where my final heaven is locked behind all these other combos Exactly. You kind of have to do all the combos and then so, you get yeah. my final heaven. So if you, if you do get to Meteor Strike, you can use my final heaven on the next turn if you want to. One cool. thing I really wish they did, and it would have been amazing, is if his limit burst was this combo thing. That would have been pretty disgusting. Like you can choose, it doesn't like... I just don't think they have a mechanic like that coded into the game, but it would be... No, they don't. It would have been so cool though. You just select each ability as it appears on the screen and you do a certain amount of damage or it leads you down a certain path and you can get to my final. It would have been cool. Yeah, it would have been really nice. It'd be cool maybe if they do it down the road. Maybe he can get an upgrade or something. This is a good... uh, a good representation of Zell overall, but yeah, I do I mean, think he's going to be difficult to use. Yeah, I mean, given the mechanics of FFBE, I think they did a good job with the system that they have and the limitations they have. They tried to be as true as possible to the actual character. So, yeah, like, exactly. If you're, if you're using Zell, you're going to feel he's going to feel like Zell from Final Fantasy VIII, which is <laughs> you, exactly you what his, you want. His iconic moves. Yeah. So that's enough about the pugilist. Zell, the rowdy ruffian from Balam Garden. Let's talk a little bit about the MC's biggest crush, Renoa. Tell me about Renoa and her role in FFBE. 
So Renoa's going to be a magic attacker, which, you know, in the, in the game Final Fantasy VIII, she's also the magic user. Or eventually she becomes a magic user. <clears throat> but she's going to be one of the first units we get that actually starts as a 5-star and you can awaken to 7-stars. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to come with a trust master and a super trust master. Her, her trust master is shooting star, which is a throwing weapon with 48 attack, 118 mag, and 15% bonus HP. So it's, <clears throat> there aren't too many popular units right now that can use throwing weapons, but Renoa can. So this is probably ideally going to be used on her. It comes with a really, really nice 118 mag. Which, I mean, it's not the highest mag of, of weapons we've seen, but it's pretty decent. It's up there. <clears throat> As a TMR, because of what it will give Renoa, which I'm loving that they're doing this, it's really a shout-out to most Final Fantasies where getting a character's ultimate weapon just makes them immensely strong. Yeah. And Shooting Star is Renoa's ultimate weapon in FF8. So using it on her is literally the best use of this throwing weapon. Definitely. And then she's also going to have a super TMR called Winged Heart, which increases the resistance to all status ailments by 100%. So that's really amazing just by on its own. It's, it's a ribbon. And then, except it's going to be a materia slot, obviously. And it's, it increases your fire, ice, lightning, and wind resistance by 60%, and then increases your resistance to charm by 50%. So... Just Where over. do you see this? Where do you see this super TMR being used? I mean, it 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 would work really well in almost any of the big trials, um, any type of enemies that you like to use elemental damage, like fire, ice, lightning, wind, easily for the Esper trials. You know, there are some really annoying bosses and, and trials that like to use statuses, so you can slap this on on either your primary attacker. Or your healer. Most healers come pre-equipped with a lot of status resistance, but if yours doesn't have it, you can throw it on there. So it's a lot of uses. A pretty good TMR or super TMR. Strictly, yeah, it's really nice. Strictly defensive. I totally agree. I love that it gives you charm resist because a lot of newer trials are coming with either charm or stop. Mm-hmm. Two of the status, two of the statuses that are really really hard to deal with. Uh, defend against. Yeah. But- preemptively so it's nice that they're giving us materia or sometimes equipment that helps uh resist against this it's not a hundred percent resistance but 50 percent is a lot better than zero yeah definitely and i mean it's just a really really solid defensive this all comes in one materia slot which you really you can't beat it Like you're literally just using one slot for status immunity, sixty percent resist. You're basically it's it's a bar, Fyraga, Blizzaga, etc., and resistance to charm all in one slot. It's I think it's really really good for a defensive, or defensive materia. I agree. It's fantastic. Tell me about her stats a little bit, and then we'll roll straight from that into her abilities. So, as a 7-star, she's going to have higher base stats than most other units. Her mag is going to be her primary stat, 203 mag, max level. And then you can further increase that by 50 using the pot enhancements. So, she'll have a max of 253 
base mag if you deck her out fully, which is really, really high. And then you said you wanted to go into her abilities? Yeah, we'll roll from the stats because you can see here that she has, uh, from what we've said, her mag is yeah. her main thing, super high. You get it up to 253. That's way higher than anything else at 7-star. And then her MP uh, is one other one that I really like. Her base MP is going to be 371. And I think that's really important to keep in mind that they're giving her such a high MP after the... Yeah, but I mean, it's she's a caster, so it's it's going to be expected. No, that's what I'm saying. I love that she has a high base MP because then other things that build off of that, for example, if I give her a materia that gives her 30% mag, 30% MP or something... Um, she's going to be way up getting like four or 500 from yeah. just one. You're going like, to have to invest less you know? into MP plus equipment just because of her high base MP. Exactly. So I think that's going to make a lot of sense why it's so high in the base stat once we look at a lot of her abilities. So if you want to start rolling through them and we'll talk about it. She gets an ability called Angelo, which is also the ability she has... And I think it actually ends up being her limit break before she becomes a sorceress. Or she can call Angelo and he can do... It is, uh, yeah. It's like a, a dice roll. He, he'll randomly do a, select between a set number of attacks. So she can use Angelo. And you have a 52% of using Angelo cannon, which is AoE hybrid damage with a 6 times attack and 8 times mag multiplier. It's a pretty decent AoE attack. And then you have... A 38% chance to use Angelo Strike, which is hybrid damage to a single enemy, which has a 12 times attack and a 16 times mag modifier. Sounds actually really insane. And you have a 10% of using Invisible Moon, which mitigates the damage taken by 50% for one turn for to all allies. And then if you remember, Invisible Moon was sort of, I think, made your party invincible for one turn. I think that was the mechanic. In the game, yeah. So that's I believe that's, that's what like, it was. You yeah. can't make somebody completely invincible in FFV. That would just break the game. But that's fifty percent mitigation is really really good. In, in FFB, you can make a character in uh, completely nullify a certain attack or a certain number of attacks for one turn. But you don't have anything that does that AOE. Well, I mean, you do have things that are locked behind some really high and strict conditions, like three star golem. It's a hundred percent physical mitigation for one turn, but it's only physical, right? It's not. It doesn't take. You can still yeah. bust through with magic. So I, I think, as far as like just invincibility, pure and simple, I don't know if there's anything out there. Maybe the tyrants that use like full dodge Ayaka in in arena, as as close as you get to it, <laughs> and then they give her mechanical oh God, heart, so and you're scary. like, why? And you're like, why? Why would you put me through this? Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Me I too. have I have nightmares about that. Literally, but I think it's just her. I don't see you using Angelo too often with her because it's unpredictable. But I just like it because, again, it, it's her character. And I mean, you'll never it's really a shout use out to it her character. If you if she had Invisible Moon freely available, it would be disgusting. But because you, you roll the dice and there's a, only a 10% chance to get it, it's really unreliable. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to be using it for Invincible Moon, and that's really the only time I can see you using Angelo. 
at all because she does have way more AOE uh, abilities available to her. So let's move to the next set of abilities. So she's going to have double, or sorry, armor and arm slicer, which it's basically the same thing Bosch gets. Yeah, his breaks. 45% defense spirit break and 45% attack mag break. Really nice to have on on her. I mean, again, she's not her primary role will not be a breaker, but there are situations where maybe your team can't afford to take an extra dedicated breaker. So having it on somebody else comes in really handy sometimes. Yeah, it is really nice. And then Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say in certain situations, for example, you have Bosch, he's defending and he can use one of these abilities. It'll be nice that your mage, for example, can do it for one turn and the enemy will be fully broken uh, for 45% without having to take a dedicated breaker. Like you said, sometimes you in your party, you can't afford to take a full breaker. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's not they're not amazing, but they can be helpful in some situations. And then she'll have double, which is basically dual cast. And so we don't have to talk about double. Dual cast has been in the game for a Forever. long time. Yeah. yeah. When you max her out as a six star, she gets Angelo Tackle, which is a 4.5 base damage attack. You can increase it eight times. with like So each use you get bonus. It's a stacking mechanic. And you can do this eight times to a max of 28.5 times magic damage to one enemy which disgusting when you see those yeah you see that number and it's disgusting and it looks like it's a single hit so you can actually use it to cap chains if you really want to now i didn't test it out i'll have to test it out this week i don't think double will work with angelo tackle it won't but, uh, but if, it, if it does it would be disgusting double allows you to use any of your magic twice so tornadoes flares whatever it might be yeah. i don't believe so angelo tackle is one of her abilities yeah. Uh similar to Dark Fina's Dystopia. It's not it does magic damage, but it's an ability, not a magic. Yeah. It would be insane if she could do dual cast Angelo Tackle at max. So essentially it's gonna be a seven point five times magic attack when you use it the first time. And you can use it to cap chains. Having it limited to one use makes it really, really difficult to stack because you have to stack it eight times, which means you have to take seven turns to do it, which, I mean, it, it's just a really, really long time. It's going it, to be... It really limits its It's going to be useful in certain situations, like long trials with very high HP or very long type of mechanics, similar to Igeon, that trial, the yeah. mechanical one. Um, because you have to kill so many parts of it so many times you'll be able to stack something like this uh, really, really easily over the course of the long battle. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely going to be uses for it. I'm just a little bit disappointed that it gets limited by just being a single-use ability. But she's going to get a lot of other nice stuff in her kit, so it's not too bad. To, and yeah. as a, Her last sort of ability type of thing is uh, at 7-star, she gets Angel Wing, which is a cooldown ability so it's available on turn one and when you use it it has a six turn cooldown so what it does is it removes all debuffs from the caster enables access to triple for three turns buffs her mag by 150 percent for four turns and then for the next action that she does she it increases her mag by 300 percent so 
this is kind of this is basically her limit break in the game when she becomes a sorceress. So Angel Wing, I think, is going to be absolutely amazing. You're getting triple cast uh, for three turns, which gives you a, essentially over the course of three turns, you'll use nine magic abilities, which is insane. Like that's so much damage. On top of having your first set do 300 with an increase of 300% mag. So that's the max, that's the cap of mag increase. So 300% increased mag, mag to her crazy base numbers is going to be insane. What did we say it was? 250? I believe it was 250 up. when you put 253. So, yeah. <laughs> she's going to get 1,000 mag just by using this ability if, you have, if she's naked. Exactly. And then... Over the course of the next two turns, you'll also... Well, it lasts for four turns, but you'll also have 150 increased mag. So Yeah, so the 300% mag is just the first action. She's... Exactly. But she's going to be pooping out damage like no tomorrow. It's going to be absolutely insane. Um, since we're on the triple cast topic, let's just quickly rattle off the magic abilities that she has available to use. Sure. So she's she comes equipped with a few supportive abilities, Libra, Kiraga, and Aura. Aura, I think, is a newer ability we haven't seen before. It basically increases the LB gauge by three to one ally. I can see this being useful in some situations where you really want a limit burst to go off, but the guy's missing like a tick. Exactly. Other otherwise it's not really worth using to fully charge somebody's LB. It'd be far, far too slow. Even with triple cast, it would you would only get nine, and some people take like twenty. Well, all the best LBs take like thirty. Yeah, exactly. Close to around thirty, right? So it, it's just a waste. I can only see this being useful when somebody is really close and you really need that LB to go off. Yeah. So it can really help you in a pinch. Um, she comes with the black magic flare, which is nothing new. Full life, which is really nice. And then Meteor, Tornado, and Apocalypse, which I think is also new. Mm -hmm. So Tornado, I mean, Meteor is whatever. We've seen it before. It's nothing special. It's a decent AoE attack. Um, but Tornado is really, really cool because now it allows her to chain with the other premier mages like Barbecue. Yeah. So it, it gives her the option to do that. She can be used as a chainer. And then she also gets Apocalypse which is a 10 times multiplier damage ability to all enemies. And it's a single hit, so you can use it to cap. So with triple cast, you would get a 30 times base. Well, I mean, it would be tougher to, to get all three of them on, on the top of a chain, but... If you have tornado chainers in, it's not too difficult, I think, but you're right, yeah. it would be tough to get all three in the chain. Yeah, so I really don't know how, like I'd have to use her a little bit to really figure out the timing of these things. You might be able to use her tornado to chain with another tornado user and then use Apocalypse well, to cap it. But it depends on how long Apocalypse will take. It takes apparently 540 frames to hit with damage and tornado lasts for 212 so you're really going to have to time like all three, like the triple yeah. cast. So there's no way she could cap her own chain that she built. With no, Mario. she wouldn't be able to. You'd have It's definitely designed to cap with other people. One note that I wanted to really, really quickly mention is that Barbecue is not actually a unit in the game. Her name is Barbarizia. Just for anyone that's new, we all call her Barbecue. 
No, it's barbecue. Don't listen to him. <laughs> they they made a typo when they translated it from Japanese to English. It's barbecue. Pretty much. Just wanted to, <laughs> just wanted to throw that in there in case someone's like quickly googling who the hell is barbecue and they just keep getting like George Foreman popping up and it's really weird. But yeah. So the only thing left we got to cover on Renoa is her passives. We can quickly run through. They're all most of them are new and then her limit burst after all of that. So her passive, she comes built in with a couple counter abilities, Angelo Rush and Angelo Recover. So if she's hit with either a magic or a physical attack, she has a 50% chance to use Angelo Rush, which is a hybrid five times damage to one enemy. It's decent, especially if she's going to be stacking a lot of mag. It's, it's going to hit pretty hard as a counter ability. And then she's also going to get Angelo Recover, which again, no matter what kind of attack she's hit with, she has a 20% chance to activate Angela Recover, which will recover her HP and MP by 30%. So just really, really solid cover or counter abilities. She's going to get Angelo Search, increases the drop rate of common items by 50%. So if you're doing a farming, like uh, what do you call it? Exploration. An exploration or something, should be a good unit to take. Just increase the amount of materials you can you can bring home. Um, she's going to get Forest Owls, which will increase her resistance to Silence, Paralyze, and Confuse, which are all really annoying statuses for mages. You don't want her to get Silence. She's got a lot of nice magic attacks and triple cast. And then Confusion just sucks because it makes you waste a turn. Paralyze is okay, but if you remove a Paralyze, you can still act on that turn, so it's not as devastating. But definitely Confuse and Silence are super annoying. Then she's going to get, which is, I think this is kind of cool, Junction. It increases her LB gauge fill rate by 50%, so it's a high tide, gives her one LB per turn, and she gets a 10% MP regen per turn. And I just like that it's called Junction, because that's what they did in the game. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge... The ability names are all identical to what they would be in Final Fantasy VIII, and it's if you've played the game, it's a huge shout-out to that. Yep. So she's going to get a passive called Pet Pals. Pet Pals was the magazine that you I remember. Could read in Final Fantasy VIII to get new abilities for Angelo. Yeah, so, it was it <laughs> I was just awesome. love that it's called Pet Pals. Yeah. yeah. And it basically, if she's equipped with a throwing weapon like her own Trustmaster, for example, she's going to get a buff of attack and mag of 50%. Just really solid. And considering a lot of Angelo's abilities are hybrid, really cool. Helpful for her. She's going to get HP plus 20, mag plus 30, and that's it for her 6-star abilities. So then when you activate her to 7-star, she's going to get really crazy. Because if you have her TMR equipped, it's going to increase her equipment mag by 60% when she's single-wielding any weapon. So it's basically uh, equipment equipment mag increasing is going to be the same mechanic as, for example, double-hand users. So the stronger the equipment you have, the, the more you're going to get out of it. So... It's it's purely uh, increase in mag based on your equipment's mag and not on your character's mag. And then she also has increased equipment mag by 50% when dual wielding. So you can choose to have a 60% increase or a 50% increase but an extra weapon equipped. Which I guess it'll depend on the weapons you have access to. Yeah, exactly. It'll depend a little bit on the weapons you have available to you. Yep. But having her TMR equipped uh, is essential for this. So if you don't have her TMR, it really, it'll really, really hurt her seven star capabilities. Yeah, 
And if you do, if you do get her TMR, like her damage output is going to go through the roof with with these kinds of passives. Yep. I mean, the other thing you get is you get to cast triple one time at the start of the battle. Yes. Really cool. Um, it's going to be fantastic for trials in different battles where you want to kill something on the first turn. Having access to triple is going to be absolutely perfect for that. Yep. Before, just to quickly no let everyone know, in the Japanese version of the game, which is quite far ahead of us, Renoa originally didn't have access to triple at the start of the battle. So this is actually a huge global buff for Renoa, which is amazing. And I love that as the people around the world who play the global edition, um, we get a little bit of a nice special buff to Renoa. Yeah, definitely very cool. And then <clears throat> she's going to get a passive called GF, which if she has an Esper equipped, she gets 10% of the Esper's bonus stats. So really, really nice. So normally I think we get, uh, so she's just gonna get an extra 10% on top of what everybody else gets. It's kind of cool. She can make the Esper's go a little bit extra for her. Yeah. MP 20% and then Sorceress of the Future, which increases her mag unconditionally by 40% and her HP and MP by 20%. So overall, I mean, well, actually, we still have to cover her limit burst, which, okay, so her limit burst at seven star, or, or seven, yeah, at seven star is going to be wishing star, and at max damage, it's going to do 22.9 times hybrid damage to all enemies for a cost of only 24 burst stones. And then if you have her super trust master, or her, sorry, her regular trust master equipped, that's going to be halved. No, actually, you don't even need it. Equipped. You don't. It's you just get, yeah, yeah. It's just it's, junction. So actually, it's just junction. yeah, for a cost of just twelve burst stones, you're gonna have this pretty insane attack at at your fingertips. It's probably gonna be up most of the time. Yeah, it's actually gonna be really, really easy to get for Renoa once you have a throwing weapon equipped. Or sorry, once you have her past six star. Um, yep. It's just an insanely high hybrid damage ability, but. Having her Trustmaster equipped to her is perfect for it because her Trustmaster gives her both magic and attack. Yeah. So it'll kind of help uh, do that hybrid damage for you. Definitely. So how do you think Renoa's going to be used? What do, you, does she, do, you, do you see any combos or anything in her kit? I can see her used in many different ways. So she's great for chaining with any of the meta tornado mages right now. So if you have a couple barbecues with Renoa, You'll be able to chain really easily. Um, if you don't have uh, Tornado Mages that have access to abilities like Eroja that, with that stacking mechanic, you can still use Apocalypse and do 30 times damage and just use her as your capper. So as a mage, she is very, very versatile. You're getting both the ability to chain as well as the ability to cap those chains. Yeah, I th it looks to me like she's just going to be a pretty solid standard mage with some nice counter mechanics. Yeah, it's gonna. She's gonna be amazing. She's right now, in my honest opinion, the best seven-star mage that's available because of triple cast. She just has so much uh, firepower yeah, she has behind a lot her. Of options. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the gist of Renoa. Covered pretty much everything on her there. So let's head over to the top banner unit, the main character, emo man Squall. 
<laughs> yeah, he's not emo. He's just misunderstood. Yeah, okay. that's true. That's true. <laughs> so Squall, uh, he is also going up to seven stars. So tell us a little bit about Squall. So Squall's the title, or not the title, but the main character of Final Fantasy VIII. He's going to have, his trust master is going to be Lionheart, which is the strongest weapon he can make in Final Fantasy VIII. It's going to be a great sword with 150 attack, so it matches Sephiroth's Masamune, which is a katana. This is going to be the great sword version. So he's when equipped to Squall, he's going to have access to a passive called the Legendary Beast, which increases his LB gauge by two every turn. It's not amazing, but it's a nice... Nice little buff, nice little boost. Because of the power of his limit burst, it's actually going to be really, really useful. But we'll talk about that when we talk about the limit burst. Yeah. And then another cool, I guess, mechanic this greatsword has is its range of damage is 100% to 160%, which means its attacks will, on average, do 130% of its actual attack. Which, for normal greatswords, this usually centers around 100%. So it's usually for weapons, it's like a, different weapons have different ranges, but it, the average is usually 100%. In this case, the average is actually more than 100%, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's the first weapon I think that we're getting that does something of higher than 130%, at least in the category of greatswords. And then his super trust master is going to be a really quickly. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to mention Lionheart again. Another one of those global upgrades. Originally, it was only 135 attack, so they buffed it up to match with Sephiroth's, making it a much much better great sword to use. Yeah, the extra 15 attack is really really nice, especially when he's going to be a true double hand user. Exactly. They really wanted to make it worthwhile to use Lionheart and not just give him some other weapon that does more. They really want you using his his own Trustmaster and making it worth it to use it. And then his Super Trustmaster is going to be a Materia that increases his LB, or increases anybody, whoever has this equipped, increases their LB damage by 55% and increases the LB gauge uh, 3 per turn. So... I can see that being used on anybody, any of those insane units with super high modifiers on their... Yeah, anyone that even like... Burst even like Renoa, yeah. for example, that we just talked about, or Cloud, like you said, uh, Sephiroth, a lot of people have really high damage limit bursts, and this is going to be fantastic on absolutely any of them. Yep. So getting into his stats, he's going to be an attacker, his... Base attack at max level is 203, and you can further increase that by 65 using pots to get it up to 268 base attack. Super high. Yeah, it's actually crazy. Yeah, so he's, he's obviously going to benefit a lot from that because of his passives. So, actually, I'm going to jump into his passives first, and then we'll go cover his abilities. Sounds good. So, his passives, he's going to get an increase to HP and defense and MP by 50%. So he's going to have Inherited Charisma, which increases his Blind, Poison, Paralyze, and Petrify resistance by 100 and increases his Spirit by 40. He's going to get Junction, which is actually freaking amazing because it's it's a high tide. So it means he's, he's going to have his Limit Burst available way more often. Like, if Cloud had high tide, he'd be way better not that he's bad but 
high tide is so good for units like this with really strong limit bursts. Uh, he's going to get gun mastery because he's a, in the game he's a gunblade user. So increase attack by 50% when equipped with a gun. He has a counter ability called Orphaned Cub, which when he's hit with any attack, he has a 20% chance to counter. And his counter is increase his attack by 120% for one turn and mitigate his damage taken by 15% for one turn. So it's, it's not amazing, but 120% attack buff for the following turn could be really nice to set up a really strong limit burst or something like that. It sucks because it's only one turn, but it's a counter, so you get it for free. Exactly. He's going to get Gunblade Wielder, which increases his... It's a true double hand move, so when he's single wielding any weapon, his equipment attack is going to go up by 100%. He gets Large Sword Mastery, which increases his attack 50% when equipped with a Greatsword. And then if he has his TMR equipped, so Lionheart, he gets... he. This is really cool. He gets mitigates magic damage taken by 10%, increase LB gauge fill rate by 50%, and increase attack by 30%. So he, you're going to be if he's, spamming his I was going to say, if he's 7-star and you have his Trustmaster equipped, yeah. you are going to have his LB up almost all the time. Yep. And then he gets True Double Hand, which increases his equipment attack by 50% when single wielding. He gets GF, 10% extra stats from Espers, and... Uh, increase in defense of 20%. So you can look, just looking at his passives, you can tell that they want you to either use guns or greatswords, and they want you to single wield them, and then they want you to spam his limit burst. That seems to be what Squall looks like. That seems to be what he wants to do. He just wants to kill you with Lionheart. So in my, my quick interpretation of it is they threw Gun Mastery on there as a shout-out to the game, but really they want to push you into that large, the using his TMR. It gives him just so much, and it is a great sword. So I th Of course, here, yeah. if you have him at 7-star, you will never want to use anything else but his TMR just because... Extra 30% attack and high tide alone is worth it. But if you can only get him to 6-star, then gun mastery does come into play there for sure. If you have some really good guns or there's a gun with a certain element that can help you, it's really nice that he has the option to equip that. So let's dive into his abilities because they get really interesting. He ha He's one of the first to get a new type of ability, so let's... Uh... Talk about that. So I'm just I'm gonna skip all like the standard type abilities and just talk about the ones I think are cool. First of all, I want to say he gets draw, which is really really cool because pretty much ninety percent of the battles in Final Fantasy VIII you were drawing. Yeah, like all the time. Yeah, you're just drawing until you got to a boss, and then you would unload your your stack. And so what draw does is it removes a mag break from one ally and applies it to a caster. Essentially, let's say you're using Squall and Renoa, and some boss or something hits you with Mag Break. Squall doesn't care, he's an attacker, but Renoa, that would suck for her. So he can draw on Renoa, apply her Mag Break to himself, and then he also increases his own attack by 120% for three turns. Really kind of cool mechanic on an ability, and it shout shouts out to the game, which I like. As an ability, I think it's going to have limited uses, but yeah, I can't. It, it's cool. I can't see Squall using this too often, just because it does take one turn away from doing his damage. But it is a yeah. nice, uh, a nice thing to have. Like you said, a shout out to the game. And then if you do have some niche situation where your mage 
needs to do the damage, Squall can kind of help take off that mag break that they've received and let yeah. their mage do full damage that turn. Yeah, exactly. And then the next set of abilities I'm going to cover are he's, he gets Flame, Wind, Thunder, and Light Beret. And these abilities are going to imperil their respective elements by 60% for three turns. They do some damage, but it's nothing to mention, really. It's not super high. So really, you're, you're only going to be using these for imperils. Yeah, exactly. Then he's going to get Blasting Zone and Keen Edge, which are just strong abilities. Blasting Zone, these were both his ultimates or his limit breaks in the game. Mm -hmm. So Blasting Zone is a single hit, four times multiplier ability. And Keen Edge is a double hit, six times multiplier ability, but it has two hits, so it's going to be harder to, to cap with. And then finally, he, or sorry, when you get him to seven star, he gets Renzo Kuken, which is cool because you can use all of his skills in one turn, except Draw or Lion's Roar. Mm -hmm. So you can use like Keen Edge or Blasting Zone twice, which is really, really cool. It's something that a lot of the other double hand users right now can't do. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. Uh, Squalls being able to use two skills in one turn is totally new, and it's not limited like some other people had it. For example, uh, someone like Leela could use her fist abilities twice in one turn, but Squall has access to any of his sword abilities. The only ones he can't do are the ones that aren't DPS, basically, the two buff abilities. And so his final ability is going to be a cooldown ability called Lion's Roar. It starts on cooldown and becomes available on turn 4, and then it has a 4-turn cooldown after you use it. So Lion's Roar, what it does, it removes all debuffs from the caster, completely recovers your HP and half of your MP, and then increases your LB gauge by 30. So it, essentially Lion's Roar is going to remove your debuffs, heal you, and then have you ready to use your limit burst. Yep, it's going to be an interesting ability. Um, I honestly don't see myself using it. Unless you have debuffs on, um, recovering your HP and MP is usually covered by a ma uh, white mage for you. But in certain situations, it can be really useful, especially if you need his limit burst on that next turn. Really charges it up instantly, so it can be useful in prolonged yeah. battles. I think I agree with you. I think it's of the cooldown abilities. It's one of the less useful ones. I really most of the I don't know what to call them, really devastating debuffs are devastating because your unit can't act. So they're either stopped or charmed or paralyzed or confused, in which case you would not be able to even use this to recover from them. And like if, if he's poisoned, I don't care. Well, you also have to consider it will remove any stat debuffs as well. So if you're broken for your attack, it'll remove that as well as defense spirit mag. But those don't really matter for a DPS unit. Plus, it'll remove any imperils as well, right? Yeah, it might have some some use, because right now we don't have too many stat removal abilities. There's a few units that have them, but they're pretty rare. Yeah, exactly. Another thing it would remove for you is disease, which decreases your damage in general. So it does have some use. It's just that usually your white mage covers most of it. The main thing is yeah. removing that attack debuff. But again, it, it's really niche situation, and it would only be useful in prolonged battles. You don't get it till turn four, um, and then you exactly. wouldn't use it unless you had this on you. And even its ability to, to increase your limit burst, if you have his Trustmaster equipped while you're using him, you're going to have his limit burst up more times than not, truthfully. 
Like this guy's just going to be spamming his LB. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's literally just going to be spamming his abilities any other in any other situation. I think the last thing we have to talk about on Squall is just his limit burst, Lionheart. It's one of those, it's in the same tier as sort of Cloud. It's a really, really high damage limit burst. And so at max level as a 7 star, it's going to do a 10.5 times multiplier with ignore defense by 50%. When you do the math, it'll it'll come out to 21 times multiplier but because it has ignore defense it means you can't it can't be stopped for example by a unit trying to cover it'll go through covers it'll go through things like that mm -hmm. so really really nice and honestly just a really strong limit burst especially with squall's kit you'll be able to spam this like every other turn probably or every turn yeah pretty you're, much you're, every you're turn gonna have, yeah you're gonna have a 21 times damage ability that costs you nothing but your limit burst stones which you fill quickly available every turn or every other turn it's going to be pretty sick yes he's going to be amazing uh for doing high physical dps between this limit burst which is really really high damage and his double cast abilities he's going to be the best physical dps uh chain capping unit yeah probably for a while his limit burst has 17 hits, so I I don't I haven't used it yet. I'm not sure I've how used it's going it. to be distributed. Um, I've used it a couple times. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard to chain with anything but himself. It's going to be one of those ones where if you have a long chain going, you can max out his damage across the whole thing. But it its final attack, similar to titus or cloud so it's going to be like clouds exactly yeah. very very similar to clouds where you do like you pepper a little damage throughout and then that final hit is the bulk of the damage yeah so if you if you want to try to cap that you're going to try to time your chain around the last hit of his limit burst to really get the most out of it because i guarantee you they made it long enough that you couldn't sustain a single chain throughout the entire duration exactly so that's the FF8 banner units along with Ramira that's in there. Let's move on to talking about the actual event that they come with. It's another King Mog event. So tell me a little bit about the details of it. It's going to be a standard King Mog event. You're, you're going to have your bonus units, which are Squall, Renoa, Zell, and Ramira, and they're going to follow the same pattern. So the five stars are going to be 100% bonus, four Zell is going to be 75%, and Ramira is going to be 50% bonus. The nice thing here is if you do get two copies of Squall, they're not going to punish you for turning it 7-star because you need to convert one of them to a Prism to make the 6-star into a 7-star. So your 7-star, if you do get them, they're going to have 200% bonus. So essentially, if you do get two Squalls, it's it's worth your while to just fuse them. You don't have to save them to get extra bonus. They're, they kind of were nice about it. And your 7-star Squall or Noah will have 200%. Yeah, I'm really happy to see they did that. I was, wor I was worried about that initially, but it's nice that they covered it for us. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it would suck to not be able to use their 7-star forms, and even though you could, just to get extra bonus. Like It, it wouldn't make sense. Because the hype around this event is the coming of 7-stars. Exactly. And I mean, it's going to be a standard farming event. We get, we're going to run through the seed field exam. You're going to see appearances by a lot of our favorite characters from the seed field exam. Have you have you played through the event? Yeah, I, I've gotten through it all. It, it's it's really fun. I love it. I love the little story with it. It plays out exactly like it does in the game. Yeah, which is beautiful. No, it is. It's it is. It's really nice. <laughs> 
I guarantee you the super difficult mission coming next week for Final Fantasy VIII is going to be the the Machina, the spider thing. I can't remember the name now. It's like an RX blow something. Yeah, something. some weird name. Yeah, but it, I guarantee you it's going to be that Machina. It has to be. There's nothing else they can put in there that makes sense. It'll be good, though. I, I love it. I, I played through it a couple of times. I even ran into a couple wedges, which is the bonus monster. Wedge, yeah. So. I love it, and especially because in the game, it's like, what, like you're running, even in FFB, you're running through the mission, and you get to Biggs, and he's like, Wedge, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm checking this out here. Yeah, yeah. So he's not so even fun. there, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> he only appears when you get like you get lucky and you run into him. It's great. Exactly. It's so funny. It, it's a really well done event. FFBE has been really, really good for every single uh, collaboration they've done where they do match the event directly to events in the game so it, it matches up perfectly yeah definitely like they they definitely did final fantasy 8 justice so anybody who's a fan of this final fantasy you're gonna notice all the little details and it's really nice exactly um let's talk about some of the exclusive items um i'll quickly rattle off just the regular stuff so like you have trust moogles and stuff coming in there your rare summon and guaranteed four star tickets star quartz the typical stuff you see in every king mog event but the main thing we're kind of looking at is the exclusive items that we can get. So let's talk about the exclusive items that we can earn through farming this event. Yeah, so so what can we get? What are you excited about? I'm really excited about uh, Revolver. It's Squall's TMR, except a cheap version of it. So attack plus 25%. The effect is the same, but it's a two-handed greatsword. So mm-hmm. you're still getting that cool damage range of 100% to 160, increased accuracy. So it costs 100,000 triad cards, but it is a fantastic sword. If you need a double-handed... And it's a great sword? It's a great sword, yeah. It's a two-handed great sword, and it's just really, really good. It's pretty much uh, the best piece of equipment that they've given us in this set. Yeah, considering it's completely free, definitely I'm going to go for that. Then we have the Galabadian Blade, another sword, so it's single hand. It's plus 70 attack, but the main thing that's nice here is you get Machine Killer, which will be helpful uh, in the coming trial of this event. Like, like we said, it has to be the spider machine thing, so Machine Killer is going to be handy there, so even equipping this as a second hand on your main DPS is going to be useful. You have the Galabadian Helmet, just a standard helm, 40 defense, 26 spirit. It's pretty good. Uh, not amazing, but it's good. It's pretty free. Only 6,000 yeah. triad. I mean, yeah, one thing to keep in mind, right? All of these all of these items you get just for farming the event. So yeah, you get essentially it just they're, for they're free, right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for some people who struggle to do the high-end missions of the event, it's not quite as free, and you might have to be selective about what you get. You're not wasting anything by doing this event you're farming the event anyways you're playing it yeah so it's gonna be typically the way i go about trading in my currency so in this case the triad cards i usually try to get all of the summon tickets i can to try to build up a couple what do you call them a couple bonus units so when i run it i'll get more out of every run and then once i have a decent stack of bonus units i'll save up for the equipment and items that I really want. So in this case, it would definitely be the revolver. Yeah, exactly. So your recommendation then is to try to build up a team of bonus units 
um, and then use them to run the highest mission that you possibly can. And then using that bonus that you're getting to then focus on getting the exclusive materials and the other things that you want. Yeah, exactly. You'll have to decide for yourself what your team needs most. If you if you have to decide, like some, some people will be able to run Legend and just clear it. But if, if you can't, then definitely sit down, have a look at what your team needs more than other things and just go for those first. One recommendation that I can give is getting metal gigantuars if you aren't able to level up your bonus units. For example, if you get Zell, use the metal gigantuars from this event to get him up to max level because that's going to help you farm over the course of the next two weeks. Yeah, definitely. But as you said, totally agree. Um, one other thing you can do is just save all of your triple triad tickets and then make the decision at the end of what you want based on how many tickets you have. If you're worried, yeah. for example, that, oh, I don't want to spend on the Galabadian blade and the helmet uh, because I might have enough for the revolver and you really want that revolver, just save it till the end. These equipments are good. They're not game breaking. So you can save your triad tickets to the end and then make your decisions on what you want. Yeah, if you're in a position where you can do that, that's definitely advisable. If there's nothing you need right now that'll help you to run the missions, then definitely just save up and you can wait and see how much you get to decide what you want out of it. So overall, that's the Final Fantasy VIII units, banner, and event. What is your overall impression? Give me like a couple lines of what you think of this event as a whole. I love it. I'm excited about it. Squall is here. Renoa's here. Seven stars are here. And the events themselves, the units, they all stay super true to Final Fantasy VIII. Definitely brings back some old memories. I definitely agree. Um, I'm loving this event. It's my first and favorite Final Fantasy that I've played. And it's just so true to the story of the event of the sorry of the original Final Fantasy has all of my favorite units, which is fantastic. One thing that I'd like to talk about a little bit is we've both done our summoning for this event. So tell me what you got from all of your summoning and how much did you spend on summoning these units? I don't really remember. I, I spent definitely, I think, about 150 summon tickets in total, including my guaranteed, not guaranteed, sorry, my 30% five-star ticket, my 10% five-star ticket, and all of my four-star guaranteed tickets. And I ended up getting Beatrix, mm -hmm. two Squalls, and two Renaults. Uh Yeah, you basically crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, I got super lucky. When I saw Beatrix come down from my 30% guaranteed 5-star ticket, I was so depressed. I was like, ugh. I know. And then I, I, I rolled through 100 tickets, maybe. I got to my last normal summon ticket, and that's when I pulled my first squall. I was like, huh. I, I recorded it, so I'm going to try to edit it and put it out as a video. But, yeah. And then after that, when I was rolling the 4-star tickets, they just it started to rain. What about you? How did your summons go? My summons were good. I can't, honestly, I'm just going to preempt this. I can't complain about it, but I will complain about it because of nostalgia. Um, I spent all of my hard save tickets between 10 plus 1 guaranteed 5-star tickets, the 10 plus 1 premium 4-star or above ticket, like everything. I've been saving all that stuff from the, uh, from the second anniversary for this moment. I rolled about 200 tickets, I'd say overall mm -hmm. 
or 200 summons, I should say, overall, not necessarily tickets. Some of them give you 11 summons in one. So 200 summons overall. And I got nine, sorry, eight uh, five-star units. Which ones did you get? I got CG Sakura, and that's my first one, so I'm happy about that. I got a third Titus, which is fantastic. Titus is going to be did an you, amazing unit. Did you complete unit. your full CG set with Sakura? I didn't. I'm missing Reagan and I'm missing CG Nickel. Okay, so you're almost there. Yeah. You're closer than I am. I need two more. Two more. Yep. I got Lauren, which I've been waiting for for a long time. I love her TMR. It's super useful, so I'm super happy to have her. I got Mediana, uh, best ice chain capper in the game. My third queen, my fifth Veritas of the Flames. This guy won't leave me alone. <laughs> I got... Yeah, he loves you. He's just attracted to your manly nature. And then I got one squall. Now, during my summons, the last rainbow that came down was on among my last few tickets. It was maybe my last or second last ticket, and I saw a rainbow come down. And I'm sitting there, like, my heart's pounding. I'm sweating a little bit. I'm breathing heavy, thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be Squall. Yeah, and you wake up, you're this in an M&M movie. Exactly, and I'm sitting there. Spaghetti like, everywhere. Yeah, literally <laughs> spaghetti is everywhere. Um, falling out of my pockets. I don't know what's happening. I click it, and I'm still thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be Squall. It's got to be Squall. After all these, t- like, 200 tickets, it's got to be Squall. And I get yeah. freaking Jiraiya. not even like some amazing other five-star unit it's literally one of the five-star tmr holders yeah oh i was so (laughs) devastated i was so sad it it felt really bad yeah (laughs) but it's okay like i said i can't complain i got like five really really good five-star units i'm sad that i can't get that seven-star squall but i'm going to be spending all my tickets that i get from now till the end of this banner on it still so uh, hopefully I'll get something. You never know what's coming down the road. So some of your extra five stars might turn into an immediate super trust master down the road when the enhancements come. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not, like I said, I'm... It might be heartbreak now, but it might be also like joy later. Overall, I'm really happy with my set of summons. Like mm-hmm. getting even eight uh, five star units was amazing. A lot of people have really bad luck and get like two after 200 yeah. summons. So happy about that just nostalgically sad because squall and final fantasy 8 renoa there were units that i wanted just for personal sake not because they're good literally if they tomorrow released units that are better than squall and renoa and they became trash i would still want to have them in my uh in my units just because i love the love the game yeah oh well you never know you still have a chance the event's still here. You might be able to get a couple tickets out of trading. for. Yeah, I've done the calculations. And, I have yeah. about 35 more chances <laughs> over two weeks to get them. So. Yeah. Cross your fingers. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, so we're coming up to the end here. What are you going to be working on for the rest of the, this week? I'll probably be farming. We have the Cactuars live over the weekend, so I'm going to be farming the crap out of that. Like I said earlier, I got two Squalls. I got two Renoas, so I want to get them both to 7-star. I want to max them out, and I want to see what they can do. So I'm just going to be spamming that as much as possible. And after this weekend, once the Cactuars are gone, I'll probably be spending all my time just doing the event. So just trying to get my units up and then trying to run Legend. What about you? 
I'm going to be working on the same thing. I'm going to be taking full advantage of the weekends where we get Gill Snapper. I think it's going to be both Gill Snappers and Metal Cactuars. Yeah, this weekend is both. Yeah. So I just need the. My plan is to. It's going to be both for the next month. Actually, they're they're really giving us a chance to get our seven stars. Yeah, because seven stars are fucking expensive. They are insanely expensive. I went from 15 mil gill, made four seven stars, and I'm down to like four. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, I also got to got a chance to make four seven stars, and I'm down to six. And I had a I had like twenty. It was just brutal. Yeah, it's it's crazy. They're really expensive. So my plan is to spend one full day's energy. Obviously, I'm gonna do my dailies, but one full day's energy yeah. on metal cactuar, and then the cactuar dunes, and then the other day on gill snappers and just kind of balance it out that way yeah i'm gonna spam cactuars until i run out of money and then i'll probably do gill snappers if, if i have time yeah that's probably a good way to go too yeah just if i need the money i'll do it like i'll make sure that i never drop below a certain point so i can keep running my explorations because getting those uh super crisps or whatever they're called is freaking expensive too it's what is it like 60k a pop or 30k a pop i don't even remember oh yeah it's it's really expensive yeah so it's like this game just it needs a lot of money yes it does thankfully the money is free it's not premium (laughs) yeah (laughs) otherwise we'd be poor very very poor yeah thankfully we we do get gill in the game (laughs) so that brings us basically to the end of the podcast any final remarks uh mini ato not really i mean you know, I've said what I need to say. It's just been it's been a long podcast. There's been a lot to talk about. I think we we're both just really excited. Yeah, it's a really exciting uh week because of the seven stars and our favorite Final Fantasy. So I'm really excited for it. Really wishing that everybody gets all the seven stars, especially on this banner, as well as future banners. Yeah, all the luck out there. If you're listening, let us know how, how you fared, how you did. Yeah, it'd be amazing to hear some of the stories of your summoning tribulations and trials also if you could leave us a comment about what you think of the podcast that would be absolutely fantastic we would love to hear what you have to say yeah i mean even if you're having a bad day and you hated it and you just want to like rage at somebody please we will we will be the lightning rods of your hatred (laughs) let let us know what you think (laughs) yeah just let us give us give us all that hate if you if you need to put it somewhere throw it here So that's the end of the podcast for this week. We'll be back again next week to talk about the new events and any new content that comes out at that time. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. We will talk to you all next week. Peace. Have fun, guys.